0: Hey, 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 welcome back to Be Present Podcast with your host, Rashad Smith. This is going to be a lengthy episode, but it's going to be a good one. Please stay tuned until the very end, or at least look at the time frame, the timestamp, and fast forward it to the end. As mentioned in the very first episode of this entire podcast, there were specifics to identify within this decade and this year itself. One of those things that in the decade of the mouth are speaking, and in the year of the first of the decade, it is a prophet year. That is prophet found in Romans 12, 6, not Ephesians 4. Therefore, we'll shine light on the redemptive prophet gift. Before delving into this teaching, let me give you a preview and caution. Number one, some of you might take offense to this message. Number two, if number one is applicable, good. It means that something in you needs to be shaken and stirred or provoked to jealousy, or it means that by tapping into the redemptive prophet design, which causes offense, I'm doing my job. Number three, if number one is applicable, I don't care because I've done my job. Number four, refer to numbers one through three. Number five, We will explore both positive and negative aspects within this design. If you've been tracking along with me, then you will have heard my mentioning several times that the kingdom of darkness erects strongholds and demonic assaults right next to our strengths, birthrights, and destinies. Even the best of the best of us are not that good. And finally, number six, if numbers one through three are applicable, as I said a minute ago, At least stay tuned until the end for the prayer in this podcast, as it'll be powerful, timely, and concerning the current events and what's to come. Boy, we're not even a full 90 days into 2020, and it has been tumultuous, hasn't it? Did any of your emphasis on the your prophets, teachers, pastors, and preachers predict that or advise you on such? At least one prophet of Yahweh did, and you can refer to my first podcast titled "January First, Twenty Twenty: Insights in Twenty 2020 Twenty Through Twenty Twenty Nine and the Year of Twenty Twenty Five Seven Eight Zero." Yes, I am boasting as Elijah did on Mount Carmel, but that's for another time. My greater focus is this: What happened to all the love-sick, devoted Christians? who attended church services every Sunday and are so filled with faith, who sing songs like he reigns, we reign, we're undefeated, etc. Where are those strong, committed intercessors who plead the blood of Yeshua and proclaim, we're covered, I'm anointed, and who always quote Psalm 91? Where are all those preachers who told you that this was the year of the mouth and you can have what you say? What are you saying now? I don't hear anyone making decrees about what they want to see or what they want to happen. According to the word of Yah, I hear fear. I hear panic. I hear falsehoods. Where are you, you who have believed and bought into all of these things, even the things that are true? Where are you standing? Where or oh, where is everyone's faith this hour? If something like the coronavirus is causing such an unhinging within you, you are not prepared for the real battle ahead of you within this decade and beyond. And for that, I am greatly concerned about the future of those who say they believe, yet really their foundation is in sinking sand. Luke eighteen eight says, But when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith like that in earth? Fate like that was the fate of the faithful widow who persistently sought out justice for herself to a wicked judge, and she, in fact, got her justice. Let me lay out this episode for you. We'll cover the following. Number one, Revelation 2, which is the redemptive church, redemptive prophet church, Ephesus. Number two, highlights of the strengths and vices within the prophet design. Number three, highlights from the prophetic word I received concerning this decade and this year. And number four, an emphasis on warfare, light and faith from those will review Psalm 93 and principles found in Genesis. At the end of this episode, I'm going to briefly demonstrate to you how to war by way of scripture and taking Yah's word, who is Yeshua, Jesus, using his word in intercession, which is what Yeshua does so that you will know how to affect the world. That is key. Everyone, especially millennials, Gen Z and the alpha generation must know how to watch and war this hour. It is imperative or you will surely lose your footing, stumble, and possibly not even make it through the promised land this season. Or did you forget that many did not cross over and the Bible states in the latter days many will fall away from the faith? Be it none of you listeners, at least none of you who are attached to me. If you know me or you have heard of me, then you know there are some things I simply refuse to deal with. I'll recite a few. Number one, stupidity. Number two, willful immaturity. Number three, false leadership. Number four, fake unwavering faith. And number five, excuses that are not excusable. If you fall within the borders of any of those five, this episode will definitely offend you. Your choice to continue to listen or not. Remember, I don't care. My job, as Yahweh told Ezekiel, it is to sound the alarm. It is the world's choice to take heed or not from the alarm I am sounding. Let's begin with warfare. I mentioned that in the year 2025 Jezebel would be knocking on the doors of the prophets to silence the voice of Yahweh and the true prophets and even the prophetic church worldwide. I cautioned all to watch for this. Has this not happened even in less than 90 days of the new year? We don't seem to be the shining, rising, conquering prophetic church we have claimed in times past to be. Our discourse worldwide seemed to be filled with despair and hopelessness. Jezebel has done her job and she's done it well. So how do you combat this? You open your mouths and begin to do what you've always done when you were comfortable and your world was not turned upside down. You sing those songs of triumph and deliverance and victory. You decree and declare the sovereignty and rulership of King Jesus and none other. You persevere until... I mentioned in the highlights of the decade and the year episode that the warfare was intensifying beginning January 1st and will continue throughout the year because it is a year of warfare and we're no longer dealing with common low-level demonic attacks or demons themselves. We're dealing with principalities and high-ranking attacks. I think a global epidemic as the coronavirus fits the description, don't you? You see, true prophets, that is Ephesians 4 prophets, prepare the people for what's to come so you know how to brace yourselves and how to navigate the good and the bad, the mirth and the sorrow. When we only hear the falsehoods of good tidings with little to no cautionaries or warnings, we are blindsided when our worlds are halted and when we haven't had a clue what to do. I recently spoke with someone who defended others panicked and depressed state of the world's current event. I quick, quickly quit replying to that individual, and my thought was, weren't these the ones you were just bragging about how strong they were and committed to Jesus they are, yet cause a little friction in their daily activities, and they forget to even call on the name Jesus? Hmm, how fickle. When he returns, will he find faith like that in the earth? That is faith, according to Luke eighteen eight. 8. Redemptive prophets are known and renowned for their warfare strategies and methods. Whether or not an individual knows he or she is a Romans 12 prophet, the warfare nature will play out in some manner such as sportsmanship, championship, moderate to excellent athleticism, or even joining some form of armed forces or police force. The purpose is to engage and train themselves to win, to be victorious, and for combat or sparring. If you remember listening to me uh, earlier this year in the first podcast episode, I stated this was a year to win and win big. Yahweh as a redemptor prophet, warrior. God, as a redemptive prophet, showed his nature as a warrior on the first day of the first days. Chaos was rampant in the earth. Yah entered the earth with light and utterly dispelled chaos's darkness. It was because of Yahweh's championship with light the remaining of the first days and the seventh day could express, reveal, and manifest their natures. Yahweh, as warrior, enlisted his son Yeshua to be the battle-axe and weapon of ultimate victory for his people. isaiah fifty nine tells us that Yah girded himself for war against all of Zion's enemies, who were in fact Yahweh's enemies. Man as a redemptive prophet warrior. Two redemptive prophet designs, Caleb and Othniel, were instruments of victory and warfare. Caleb was geared and bred for warfare. Othniel warred against Israel's first arch enemy post the old generation's death. Gad and the tribe of Gad were known, fierce warriors, mightier than their estimated size, strong in stature and physique, and unique in their warfare amongst their siblings so warriors war and they either win or do not back down until there is victory there is within the redemptive prophet design and for all the rest of us what is in this year for us this is it we must learn how to war until the victory for us has come because we were meant to be victorious though there is a caution, which is the vice within this gift. Everyone is not your enemy. Because prophets are truly perceptive, great perceivers, and the best at perceiving natures and truths, they can come into knowledge of things quicker, more adept, and concrete than the remaining six designs. For that, a few things can happen, such as harsh treatment to loved ones, strictness on people rather than on the poor behaviors, and a hyper-competitive nature that plays out as, I have to be the best against everyone, which often looks like, I'm right, you're wrong. Warring against your brothers is not the answer unless you hear from Yahweh as the 11 tribes minus Benjamin heard from Yah concerning a gruesome matter with Benjamin's borders. The Edomites, a redemptive prophet people, were judged for warring against their brothers, their family members. Redemptor prophets, be careful of this. Discernment is the gift, not suspicion. I recently read a lengthy article from an individual about why he's chosen to quarantine he and his family completely from everyone except his immediate family, which comprise of four individuals, his wife, Himself and his two children. He has borrowed the dubbed worldwide coin social distancing, approving of the quote unquote why behind the push for social distancing. Social distancing is also a redemptor prophet's downfall. And this is a redemptor prophet year, isn't it? While Adam was complete prior to Eve's formed manifestation, he was in fact alone. He needed another to fulfill his specific mandate. We are communicative, compassionate, social beings. We were meant to want and need each other. This is both scripturally and scientifically sound. So, Redemptive Prophets and the world, since we're in this Redemptive Prophet year, remember the aforementioned truth when you're pillaging through figurative towns and villages because nothing matters except your own survival and championship. Remember others. Be compassionate. This is the bridge the redemptive prophet must cross, and this is what we all must face until the end, to remember to be compassionate and consider others above ourselves. We need each other. Paul implicitly exhorts the church to exhort each other, carry each other's burdens, do not forsake each other, and not to forget to do good to each other. Remember these things, prophet, and all within this year. The next thing I want to discuss about the of prophet design is strengthening, which is another aspect housed within this design and the purpose that this individual, he or she, is called to do for the world. Strengthening can be a tough task, though, because people might say they want to mature. But do they really? Are they really willing to receive the strengthening from a prophet? Whether or not this is the focus for the redemptive prophet, and too often it can be misinterpreted as overbearing, callous and insensitive and downright painful. That isn't the goal or true heart of a mature growing, developing redemptive prophet though. They strengthen with a focus on edification. Yeshua told Peter, the redemptive prophet, when you yourself have returned, strengthen your brothers. Luke 22.32. This word strengthen generally means to build up with a moral or spiritual context. It's an edification that establishes one so he is not uprooted or rerouted from the course. It is orientation as opposed to disorientation. I think we need some redemptive prophets to rise up in this hour. We need some redemptive prophecy to cause us to stay the course, to strengthen us for moral excellence, spiritual excellence, so that we're rooted and grounded in the love and faith. Of Yeshua. Now what we have to understand is that the prophet is not like the redemptive servant who is hospitable and encouraging and also cleanses the redemptive prophet is not like the redemptive exhorter who is perky and consoles and the redemptive prophet is not like the redemptive mercy who comforts. When a prophet edifies, Yahweh usually gives him or her the tough manners, ways, and verbiage to use. It is succinct and it negates the frou-frou or flattery. Flattery muddles. It prolongs words and methods of education so that what is opened up are doors for infiltration of other things like dirt or demons or doctrines of demons or lies or falsehoods. So prophets are excellent gatekeepers where they are Also, good filters and allow the dirt and the dust and the ites or the bad things never to enter or completely to come out. Prophets were made to toughen us up. But in all that toughening, there shouldn't be any dejection or dehumanization. There is always a reason to reveal the truth, and that truth liberates, makes whole brings light that pushes back darkness, and stirs up faith for Yahweh to have a deeper connection with us. That is what is in the redemptive prophet, female and male, and in this year, for us to have a deeper connection with Yahweh and for us to be whole, stable, and full. I want to move past and now go on to Revelation chapter 2, and we're going to talk about the redemptive prophet church, Ephesus. Ephesus. Verse one, to the angel of the church of Ephesus, write these things, says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lap stands, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. Ding, 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 ding. That's a clue for the redemptive prophet. Look for these things this year. We shouldn't be bearing evil things. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. Cludo, ding, 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 ding. Yeshua is commending the Redemptor Prophet Church, Ephesus, by saying, You don't like false leaders, and you'd call them and uproot them and cast them out. Verse 3 And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Redemptor prophets are excellent in thrusting, advancing, and continuing to go forth. They plow and plummet through. They don't give up. They are dubbed the faithful bunch of the rest of the six designs. They have an uncanny gift of faith. Listen to this, though. Here's the rebuke. Verse 4. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works at first, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate." He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes, I will give him to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. This is the promise to those who persevere and who endure until the end. So let's break this down and see what this looks like for us. You know what amazes me? None of this was quote unquote real, the coronavirus that is to Americans until it hit American soil. All other nations were suffering and experiencing afflictions, yet disrupt good old America's everyday living. And now everyone wants to repent and turn to Yahweh. Were you doing these things nationally or regionally or personally even for your brothers in other countries? That's the love part, prophet and redemptive prophet nation of the United States. It's not about us, and it's not about you. Ephesus had a keen discernment and an ability to be bold and call out false leaders. They were surely redemptive prophets, a church in a city. They were skilled in warfare, strategy, and intelligence. They were the best of the best, the first fruits. They didn't have one thing, though. The one thing was the regard for Yahweh as their preeminent one. My admonition and my exhortation to you all is during this time where mass hysteria has controlled the airwaves worldwide, do not forget the preeminent one. Don't forget your first love. Don't forget all those mushy, gushy, passionate warfare committed songs you sang and practices you pledged and implemented in his name prior to this outbreak. In this redemptive prophet time, people do not fall into the vice of this design and do all things excellent, yet forget the one who imbued you with the ability to do excellent things." Don't forget that he holds the seven stars in his right hand and he walks amongst the seven golden lampstands. Don't forget that he is God and God all by himself. Now, let's review and look at some of the prophecies for the decade and for the year 2025, seven, eight. I hope you're still with me. I know it's long. Now that we've covered the redemptive prophet gift, I want to talk about further um, and just a little briefly into some highlights of some specific things I pointed out and prophesied through patterns and principles that I've seen for this year. I found these things in Matthew 12. I'm not going to go back and repeat this. I already introduced this in the very first podcast episode. I wasn't looking for a word at all for the year. And I got a word for the entire decade and the year plus some that came by way of my sincerity, and my purity of heart. And Yahweh blessed me. I located at least nine primary principles in Matthew 12. The ones we will cover are number one. Sabbath, number two, righteous discernment, and number three, increase of demonic activity. The first, Sabbath. It is the first principle from Matthew 12. Rest was made for man. We've got to get this piece and get it quickly or we won't progress. Rest is a gift and it allows us to receive freely and receive in a larger portion from Father that what we could not receive outside of unassigned rest days. There is no debate on why Yeshua chose to begin his first statement in Matthew 12 with a discourse on the Sabbath. It was significant. Rest means oneness in, with, and being in Yeshua as he is one with Father. It is the union in which we are as branches connected to the vine in the vine dresser, the vine being Yeshua, the vine dresser being Abba. I'd encourage you to read John 16 through 17 for greater clarity on Sabbath and oneness. Secondly, righteous discernment, which was the fifth principle for Matthew 12. Righteous discernment is devoid of suspicion, carnality, condemnation, and indecision that causes us to sway between two opinions. It is full of wisdom of Yah and aligns with James 3 and the spirit of wisdom, wisdom itself, in Proverbs Two, righteous discernment helps us understand times and seasons and how to act accordingly. Righteous discernment allows us to see and know what is not easily seen or known. The third principle I'll cover is the eighth principle from Matthew 12. You've already heard my mentioning that we're no longer dealing with minute, small, low-level, or frivolous demons or demonic assaults. We're dealing with portals and gates that have been opened, releasing hell's worst assailants. It's the low-levels along with its peers, along with its leaders, along with their commanders. Now, make no mistake, demonic activity is demonic activity meaning demons, but also note that anything evil, wicked, vile, grotesque, dishonest, and underhanded and negatively binding thing is demonic. There will be man against man and nation against nation for the stirring of jealousy and strife is within them, which is engineered by a specific demonic principality emphasis who entices men to fight against each other by way of jealousy and strife. This stuff is real. Again, I say, man is not that good or smart on his own. There are forces working behind what our normal vision can detect. Next, there were several exhortations and admonitions I provided for this decade and this year. Again, we'll cover a few, which are number one, allow the purging and refining. We'll be confronted with matters and situations whereby we need a spiritual draining so we're refilled with the spirit of Yahweh. Secondly, it's a decade of truth. Refer to Ephesians 5 and refer to the reason for the brazen altar. The brazen altar was designed to be the first item within the tabernacle because it required full disclosure, honesty, and purity before advancing. One had to be made holy through confession and sacrificing, which the sacrifice symbolized sincerity. Number three, Watch the Spirit of God be on the move this season. Some things we should experience and witness are anointing, ability, favor, talent. That talent is things that we could not do. Discoveries of what we didn't know we could do. Cures for incurable diseases. Solutions and answers to unsolvable problems. Number four. It is a year to discern the times. Number five. 2020 is like no other year in this decade, and I'm going to quote myself on what I stated in the original and first podcast. It is a year to be set apart. It is the beginning for the rest, and it sets the tone for the remaining years. It is the year to conquer darkness with light. We should expect to participate in more deliverance of self and to the masses, primarily to the masses. The father is dealing with sons, not slaves or mutants that is lukewarm. Sons know their value and sent out to do the work of father as the disciples, the 70, and then the apostles. Let light create miracles, then healings, and so on as First Corinthians twelve twenty eight states. Let light point back to the son who reflects the father. Let others be confounded by the power of the spirit to worship Yeshua and have a love fest with their first lover, Abba, not with you. Do not let the light in you become corrupt or become dark. And finally, it is a year we should see witty inventions, innovations, turning over of wit, riches and wealth into the hands of the wise and those who love and choose wisdom herself. So I decree, according to this word, that we are going to have a cure for diseases and it shall manifest now. We're going to see cures that things that we thought could not be cured that were incurable there will be known and televised in worldwide press of cures i decree it now let's close this all up with prayer In 2018, I received a quote-unquote knowing experience. You can go back and listen to that episode. I discuss it in my podcast titled Headline, Episode 1, Clarion Call to the Old and Young Generations. In both that episode and the highlights of the insights of 2020-2029 through decade and year 2020-5780, I revealed that many in the older generation will not make it through this decade or into the next decade. Do you know what coronavirus translates as? Corona means crown or head. It can also be interpreted as the crown of the head. This is the crowning virus, which has several allusions based off of its compound meaning. One allusion is that this is the talk of the year because it has and will have crowned the year. We've already been inundated with forced media communication and speech, all centered around the virus that has crowned the year. What about talking about he who has never left the throne who wears the crown? The one who around this time, millennia ago, passed over to save the world and become our savior. I'm referring to Yeshua. Now let's look a bit deeper Do you know that the patriarchs and matriarchs are also called the heads of the families or lineages? They're also known as crowns of the family. And what age group has suffered the most from the virus and have perished? The older generations, our patriarchs and matriarchs, the one thing i mention is most needed in both the church and out of the church is fathering which can happen by either males or females our heritage is being assaulted but also our patriarchs and matriarchs themselves biblically crown also represents beauty governing authority and both salvation and faith therefore prayers for the crowns the heads the patriarchs, matriarchs of the families and lineages. Just judge, I speak to you according to the word which is Yeshua and the law the word by which cannot be denied because it is higher than even your own name. The word, according to Psalm 65, 11, Yahweh crowns the year with goodness and his pathways drip with abundance. Therefore, according to the word, I decree that 2020 is filled with the abundance of the praise, the halal of Yahweh. 2020 is filled with the goodness and the remembrance of the one true God who is Yahweh. I decree by the power of Holy Spirit that this year will not be filled with regarding an illness, the virus. Instead, it will be known as the year of favor of Yeshua, where prison doors are opened, chains loosened, bodies raised that were dead, lame walking sick healed, and the sin sick reconciled and made whole. Just judge, I speak to you according to the word that cannot lie. The word in Deuteronomy 33, Three sixteen. Thus, according to Deuteronomy 30, 33 16, I command the blessing that is within the lifeblood of Joseph and the tribe of Joseph that was divided into two portions of a double portion. I command the blessing of the crown to be upon the sons of Yahweh this hour. I decree, according to that importation by faith through the seed of Abraham, the patriarch of fate, that as the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh were doubly blessed to war and defeat their enemies in battle, the sons of Yahweh, sons of Yahweh right now in this time will defeat our enemies seen and unseen in battle just judge i remind you according to Deuteronomy 33:20 that the only tribe The tribe of Gad was blessed with touching the crowns or the heads of others for defeat. Thus, I request all who have usurped the power of the laws of Yahweh and have touched the crowns who are our heads and the faith and of our families will receive the prophecy of Moses given to the tribe of Gad that upon their heads, their crowns will be afflicted and torn off. I decree according to verse 21 that the sons of Yah now stand in the righteousness and justice to execute the written judgment against the wicked, standing in agreement with Yeshua on behalf of his covenant with Israel and with the sons of Yahweh. Just judge, I beseech you, according to Esther one eleven, that the crowns were meant for beauty. Therefore, I decree that 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 all, which has come against the truth of beauty regarding the crown and imitating the crown would receive the opposite of its plans and the purpose of beauty. Just judge, I remind you that we need our fathers and mothers, that we honor them as the word and law tell us to honor our mothers and fathers. I loose honor from heaven and to the earth as the spirit of Elijah is prophesied to do in the latter times to restore the hearts of the sons to the fathers and fathers to their sons. I decree the spirit of Elijah is on the move in the earth realm right now. Since we are in a prophet decade and year, we must war and learn how to war. Warring must first be actualized from a place of knowing who you are without a shadow of a doubt. Many of you might already be familiar with the stylized dominion mandate found in Genesis one twenty-six through 28. I'm neither here to prove to you the reality of this truth or why I believe it. Rather, I'm here to stand in its truth as my reality. The reality is when we understand the principles and established things and and things that are in place by creator God, we can rule as he has ordained us to rule. Redemptor prophets both understand and employ principles to lead, be successful, interpret Yahweh and as a way of life they are principled people. Whether or not you are a redemptive prophet, you can enlist the principles as well. Therefore, let's pray according to the principles. I am going to read a psalm which is located in Psalm 91 from the Passion Translation. Sorry, Psalm 93 verses 3 through 4. Chaos once challenged you, The raging waves lifted themselves over and over, high above the ocean's depths, letting out their mighty roar. Yet at the sound of your voice, they were all stilled by your might. What a majestic king filled with power. Verse 5, nothing could ever change your royal decrees. They will last forever. Holiness is the beauty that fills your house. You are the one who abides forevermore. Therefore, according to Psalm 93, I decree a stilling of the fanfare, darkness, voice, lies, and vileness occurring in the earth today. By the sound of my voice and the might of El Gabor, the Mighty One, I command chaos to bow down to the champion of the world and the king of the world who is judge, lawgiver, and king. He is Yeshua. According to the first day of creation, I decree light is loosed worldwide that dispels this current and present darkness shrouded around the world. I command the darkness to bow and flee before the light, leaving no remnants behind. Let light be and darkness flee now in Yeshua's name. According to the second day of creation where the earth was blessed with the purification and cleansing of air and water, I decree that the air and waters worldwide will listen to the distilling of my voice and distill your purpose over the earth. Waters Heal and wash what has been perverted and made dirty. Air, airwaves, and wind, listen to the Son of Yahweh. I say to you, carry the winds of heaven with you to remove all evil and lies. I say to the angel that is listed in Revelation who guards and commands the winds, loose the east winds to dry up and violently remove all false media in the airwaves, in negative vibrations, and wicked spirits in high places. East winds, move the darkness out of the earth. I loose west winds right now to utterly remove the terror all over the earth and bring honor to the name of Yeshua. According to Hosea 8, 7, I decree evildoers who have sown evil in the winds this hour will reap judgment in the world winds. According to the month of Adar and what this time represents and means, I command all demonic assassins, workers of iniquity, evil rulers and demonic strongmen to be exposed. I command the increasing of joy to fill the earth. I order the takedown of the evil spirits conspiring against the sons of Yahweh and the world at large. I request, Judge judge, just as Queen Esther requested from the king, I request from you that you do. To our enemies, this enemy here in the earth, as the enemy tried to do with us, as, as it has planned to exterminate the sons of Yah to trick, fool and deceive and unseat us from exceeding glory, do unto our enemies as they have planned us. According to Passover and all its truths and power, I decree there is no king but Yeshua. There is no Messiah but Yeshua. There is no savior but Yeshua. Therefore, any and all attempts to masquerade and show oneself as a hero or a savior in this hour, I command you will be exposed and brought down as Shepna was exposed, demoted, and casted out in Isaiah 22. I edify, extol, and lift up the name of Yeshua for the remembrance of his glory and honor, that he and he alone is the savior and he and he alone will receive glory, credit and honor for casting out this current evil In the earth that has succumbed us in this hour in 2020, I warn all the foxes, wolves, and hyenas who have camped around to elect a leader to be the leader hailed across the globe and adulated as a god. I say you will surely fail and be debunked as all of ancient Egypt's gods were during the time of Moses. Yahweh rise and scatter all of your enemies. Yahweh rise and be made true and all men liars. Lastly, I want to pray for the body of Christ. According to Hebrews 12, I command the feebleness within you to be strengthened, church. According to the Gospels, I command you, church, to tap into your God gene, your God-given nature, and discern the signs of the times, for the days are evil. According to Yeshua's counsel, I advise you, church, to be innocent as doves and wise as serpent this hour. According to Paul's exhortation, I say to you, church, take heed that you don't fall in this time. I remind you, church, of what you were saying to continue to say, that we are victorious. We are the rising, shining city on a hill. We have come in the name of Yeshua to do all things we say and claim to do. We say to the world, believe us, as Yeshua said to the doubting, wicked naysayers in his time. I pray you are blessed and edified, And that you will continue to shine the light that is in you. The light that has been given to you before time was time. And the light that you will connect with Holy Spirit and shine your light in this darkness. Allow the championship of the first day of creation, the principle of the first day, and the light that ruled when Yahweh said, let there be light. I say to you, say to your atmosphere, say to your area, Say to your family, say to the world, let there be light.